everybody, and welcome to this week's views from the 573 Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well on this Thursday afternoon. We got a lot to talk about. Oh boy, do we. A lot of quarterback movement in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Russell Wilson is on a new team. Carson Wentz is on a new team. A lot of quarterback movement, and that's only the beginning of it. We're probably going to get a couple other moves happening as some teams are in need of a quarterback with in Seattle and in Indy. So, lots more sure to come, but boy, oh boy, we got a lot to talk about with free agency getting here pretty soon. You got moves being made, the franchise tag deadline passing a couple days ago. We also got a Calvin Ridley story that we got to talk about here real quick. And a big NFL day. And we're also going to talk a little baseball here up at the top because there's a couple baseball notes. Uh, one that just went down here within the within the last 30 or so minutes. Maybe not even that. So we're going to talk about that here up at the top. It's going to be baseball and football today as uh, as we got a lot to talk about. Oh boy, do we. So that'll be our show today. If you haven't yet, be sure to go check us out wherever you guys get your podcasts, whether it's Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Be sure to go give us a follow there. Give us a follow on those platforms for our entertainment feed as well. We just uploaded a new one yesterday where me and Peter spent over two hours talking about the Batman. Just came out this past weekend. Glad we didn't spend... As long uh, as much time as the movie is talking about it, but nonetheless, spent two hours talking about that movie, and uh, be sure to go check that out. Big day in entertainment yesterday, funny enough, as you know, we got the Obi Wan trailer, you got DC. Speaking of them, shifting some movies around, so uh, be sure to go check that one out uh, if you haven't seen it, or if you have or you haven't seen it, doesn't matter to me. If you don't care about spoilers, go for it. But be sure to go check out that feed. Be sure to go check out our Twitter account, 573Pods. You'll find the links to this podcast and all of our other podcasts on there as well. And keep up with the latest action coming from us. So with that being said, let's get right on into it. And let's talk some baseball. Now, of course, lockout still going on. As uh, right now, according to... ESPN, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball. He canceled 93 more games, a couple more series, raising the total to 184 games total. And originally, opening day was supposed to be March 31st. That's about about three weeks from now. So That was supposed to be about three weeks from now. Of course, with those series being canceled, if uh, if a deal is reached here soon, opening day would be no earlier than April 14th. It's not too bad, but 184 games canceled in total is still not good, and there's still no agreement. However, there has been an agreement on when to negotiate for... A specific thing. An international amateur draft has been something that, that's been talked about in baseball circles for the last couple days. And today, Major League Baseball and and the locked out players agreed to negotiate on an international amateur draft. Which would pave the way for renewed economic talks amid the lockout. And so they, so under this agreement, reach on this day that I think it's the 99th day to, of the lockout. They agreed to a July 25th deadline to establish an international amateur draft that would start in 2024. So it would start two years from now if they came to terms and agreed on having that. So that is a huge thing. Coming down from baseball. And uh, let's talk about the international draft here for a little bit. 
So on the MLB's proposal for an international draft, the teams would rotate picking in different quadrants of the first round over a four-year period. There would be a slotting system that would be installed similar to what the to what the union agreed to, to starting in 2012 for the amateur draft, covering residents of the United States, Puerto Rico, Canada. And so this international draft proposal also includes hard slots that could not be negotiated by individuals. The MLB estimates that they would have seven that there would be 17 million and additional spending for the drafted international players above the over 166 million that was spent by 30 teams this past season. Plus, there would be an additional six million on non-drafted players, and the international players would lose their the right to pick which team they signed with. If you if you know how it goes, if you've seen all these international players sign, like you got your Otanis of the world that have not had to have gotten to pick where they want to go and uh, have not been told where they are going to go. So that would change under this international draft. So international players would lose the right to pick which team they want to sign for. And the age for the draft would be in the year a player turns 16. And... That doesn't mean a whole lot. You, you see a, some players get signed around that age, 17, 18, and start in really low A-ball. And, of course, work their way up through their through the minors. So, that's not that big of a deal right there. So, that would affect a, a lot of things there. Mainly the whole international players losing their right to pick where they want to go. And... You see a lot of those players. I don't know how international players would feel about that, to be honest. Looking at it from my perspective, it seems like they like picking to where they want to go compared to the MLB draft where, hey, you're going to go here, here, and here. I think international players like that aspect. Like, hey, we get to choose where we want to go, where we think the best fit for us and for our potential is, where do we think we can get the most help and getting where we want to be and that is to the major leagues and being a very productive being a very good player once you get there so i'm curious to see how the how this negotiation is going to go again you got till july for them to come to some sort of terms on this and so this is something that has happened amid lockout talks it's something but it's not huge with in terms to the specifics that the MLB and the players association are butting heads over with uh with the lockout so but it's it is something that they were able to come to terms with this and this is a an interesting development with the international amateur draft and again it would start as early as 2024 so it would be a couple years away, but nonetheless, you would get the idea in motion and get people set up and get ready for it. That is, if both sides come to terms and agree on having this draft. So a little bit of a development there going on with Major League Baseball going on. But uh, we're still in a lockout. We've had a couple more series canceled. More games been canceled with opening day getting pushed back further and further. And... uh. I'll tell you what, it, it it hurts for Major League Baseball. You had the you had the season shortened a couple years ago due to the pandemic, and now here you are two years later and you got something like this going on. Um it's uh it's not a good situation. It definitely isn't. So we'll have to see if by this time next week, maybe both sides will will come closer together and we'll where they want to be on this new CBA. But uh, as of right now, nothing has changed. And uh, they're still in a lockout. So, fingers crossed. Things can change by this time next week. But we'll have to wait and see. So, let's move on from MLB baseball. And let's go right on to our NFL topics. And boy, oh boy, 
we got some good ones today. And uh, we're going to start with this story. Of course, one of the bigger stories this week, besides the quarterback movement, has been Calvin Ridley. Now, if you remember, Calvin Ridley, around late October, early November, was placed on the non-football injury list. And he was at, he was out from there on out, decided mental health, and did not play for the rest of the season. And it came to everybody's attention this week, but it came to the Falcons' attention a lot earlier that Calvin Ridley was using his name, phone, and account to to place three parlay bets worth around 1500 on NFL teams, including his own team, which took place over a five-day span in Florida last November around that same time period that he was on that on the non-football injury list. And I, I see his losses are going to amount to just over $11.1 million, which is pretty close to the salary he would have been set to earn in 2022. And so in finding this out, the Falcons found out around uh, sometime in February the NFL was doing its thing and investigating Falcons. We're like, yeah, go do your thing. And the NFL came down earlier this week and suspended Calvin Ridley for one year. So he is not going to play this upcoming season, which really puts a hole in the Falcons wide receiver room. And also is more notable because you have a player that has been caught gambling. Gambled on his own team. Put bets on his own team. A good thing was is that Ridley was by himself on all this. He didn't have any knowledge, help, or anything from anyone involved, whether it's from the Falcons or from any other team. Nothing. So he was good by himself. Nobody else was involved. So that's that's a good part right there. And also the Hard Rock Sportsbooks in Florida, which was where really made his bets, recognized the name, alert the NFL, and everything took place from there. Falcons were made aware of this. And so now, here we are. And there's been a lot of talk here about the NFL being a little bit hypocritical considering its stance on gambling. Because if you remember years ago, they were kind of like, no, 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 we... we no, we're, we're not dealing dealing with that. Flash forward to now. It, yeah, it's big for them. And they want it to continue happening. It's very beneficial for them. They're making a lot of money from it. So their stance has changed pretty quickly. I mean, of course, over time, you get some new information that would change somebody's stance over time. So you could also make a case for that. But considering how quick they changed their stance on it, it it does look bad for them. But I'll say this. There, there have been those that have been saying Ridley was wrong. Let's make nothing of the NFL being hypocritical here. That That's fair. It's also fair to say, yeah, Ridley really did something wrong. And, you know, it's vice versa. But I think if you look at it, both things can be true. Was Calvin really wrong here? Yes. Knew the rules on the NFL. Not letting players gamble. You can gamble on other stuff. You can do it on other stuff. You can do it on... We got March Madness coming up. You can do it on March Madness. You can do it on NBA games. College football. College basketball. That's fine. That's game. That's clear game right there. NFL games, no, not at all. Can't do it. So Calvin knew the rules there. But at the same time, the NFL is being a little hypocritical here in how things have gone on with this new scandal that they have. One thing, I mean, you take a look at all the other NFL suspensions in the past. 
with a lot of them relating to domestic violence. A lot of those suspensions have not been that long. They were not long at all. And here we have Calvin Ridley getting suspended one year for this. And yes, it's terrible that he got caught betting and betting on his own team using his own name and all that stuff. But the, what has happened in the past with regards to NFL players and domestic violence was was n- probably worse. Was worse than what happened here. And so you take a look at that. The NFL's a little bit hypocritical there. And you can kind of see why. Because again, the gambling thing has become a money-making thing for them now. Compared to a few years ago where they were like, no, 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 no. We don't want to deal with all this. Now here they are like, yeah, we want to get involved in this. But, and they're like, hey, we can't have a, one of our own players get involved in all this. It's a bad look for him. It's a bad look for us. But, again, you take a look at past NFL suspensions. And they were kind of tame. They were tame compared to this. You look at it, you got some players getting... Four, five, six, seven, eight games. You know, whether it's drug testing or whether it's domestic violence. And they get a few games off. Calvin Ridley gets a year for this. And so, there's a little bit of hypocrisy there. I mean, another thing you can look at is the ongoing situation with Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, where you got integrity, the integrity of the NFL really being hit here. Which, of course, if you remember, Brian Flores alleged in his lawsuit that Ross offered him 100000 for every game he lost in 2019 so he could tank. And so these two things, if you look at these two things, from the NFL. If the NFL had a list of things that they would not want to happen, you could probably bet, not to make a pun here, that these two kinds of incidents are very close to the top of their list of things they would not want to happen. They would not want one of their home players to be caught gambling on NFL games. And they would not want to find out that their owner... One of the owners in the league is basically saying, hey, I'm offering you money to tank games. If you lose this game, I'll give you this amount and and this amount and this and that. Those two would be on that list and they would be right near the very top. And yeah, th- listen, the incidents are not very similar. They're both different. But in a way, again, not to make another pun, they're both really big gambles by the parties involved that could really damage themselves and damage the integrity of the NFL right here. Both of these things are not a good look when it comes to how the league wants to make money through the NFL's now pro stance on gambling and the pipeline that they now have. Of course, the NFL, they're hoping that both of these are just isolated incidents and from all indications, they're taking it as such with, again, one being alleged and one being proven fact this past week. They're hoping these are just one-time things. They don't. They won't happen again. But if if they are not, it could, it could lead the NFL down, down the road to ask questions that they don't want to ask and them possibly receiving answers that they don't want to get like i mean let's talk about you know the calvin ridley situation a little bit more you know some questions here that you would not want to ask you know what if calvin Ridley hadn't used his own phone or account what if they hadn't found out that he was betting what do you mean even more Maybe. How does the NFL know for certain that this was the only instance with the player gambling? 
that's a that's a rabbit hole that I don't think they would want to go down. And you know, it, for them, they would also think internally: Is this just the tip of the iceberg? Are there other players in our league doing it? There aren't any good answers to those questions. And they, uh, those aren't answers that the NFL want to know. They would be ter- If they got those answers, they would be. There's a good chance it wouldn't be anything good for them. It wouldn't be anything good for them. And so these two things right here, huge gambles here for the NFL. It really hurts the integrity of it where you got an owner attempting to pay off a coach to lose games and you got a really good wide receiver in the in the league putting on uh, putting bets on NFL teams including his own it's not a good look so you got integrity here that's really hurting hypocrisy here with the NFL and what it's been doing in relation to its stance on gambling changing and also to how it's been giving out suspensions for stuff that you would think would warrant maybe a year-long suspension like domestic violence or things that maybe wouldn't, such as the drug, the substance, uh, PEDs, all that stuff. Look at Josh Gordon and all that stuff. I don't think that's as bad as what Calvin really did. I mean, gambling on games, on games in your own league, not good. Gambling on your own team, not good. The only good thing about it is that nobody else was involved. That uh, that we know of at least. So for the NFL's sake, you gotta hope that both of these are isolated incidents. You gotta hope, and if you remember right when the floor is right when floor is alleged. What Stephen Ross did in his lawsuit, you had Hugh Jackson kind of saying something like, you know, there's something kind of similar on the, along the lines to what the Browns did when he was there. I think, you know, they just took a look at him as a coach and they, and how how terrible that those Browns teams were. Like, no, no, no. You know, it, it, y'all were just bad. But, I mean, if you remember the Dolphins... With floors there, they were actually good. They competed a little bit. So they weren't the Browns, for sure. So I think if you're the NFL, you can only hope that taking a backseat, the Ross thing is an isolated incident, and you don't have anything similar to, uh, to that going on. Because if you do, holy moly, that can open up a big can of worms. And on another note, Calvin Ridley, the major one out of these two. You got to hope that nobody else in your league is betting on games. You got to hope it's not going to happen. And if it is, again, it's not going to lead to anything good. To any of the questions they're going to ask, to any of the answers they're going to get. It is not going to be good. So, that was a this was a wild story to see come out, and see what happened with Count Ridley again. We thought, you know, he was on the non-football injury list. Talked about mental health and like he needed to take a break, and so they placed him on that list. And now here we are. A few months later, and uh, we get this bombshell. And uh, it was absolutely wild to see this being reported. And again, the, there's a little bit of a hypocrisy here with the NFL, but also Calvin really did know the rules. He knew the rules with the NFL and gambling and with players and not and the players not gambling on NFL games. And went and did anyway and used his own 
name, use his own phone, his own account to do all this stuff. So uh, a big story there in the in the NFL. Wild story there with uh with Calvin Ridley. All right. Let's move on and let's talk about some quarterback movement, shall we? And uh let's start with Green Bay. Let's start with Green Bay. Let's start with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. And I said a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I was not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers until something had resolved. And thankfully, on Tuesday, exactly when he said he would, because he said he would would not screw around with uh, other players with the Green Bay Packers, especially Devontae Adams with the franchise tag deadline. And uh, kept his word and, and was announced he's coming back to Green Bay. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to Denver. He's not going to Tennessee, to Pittsburgh. Or anywhere else. He is staying with the Cheeseheads up north. And there's a little bit of a little bit of story here about whether the contract the Packers gave him is true or not. Aaron Rodgers said it's not. But the re- reported contract is around four years, $200 million and $153 million guaranteed. And this is a big thing for the Packers considering their cap situation. It would be a manageable cap number to start out to help them. So that would be a huge plus for the Packers considering how uh, considering Aaron Rodgers is still there. Yeah, he's not gone. He's decided he's staying. Maybe it's time to go and help them and try to get to another Super Bowl because he's not been to another Super Bowl in 10, 11 years. So, a manageable cap number with that contract, if that's true, good. Go for it. Aaron gets to be the highest paid player in, in league history, good. But you also get a manageable cap number to start out that to help your situation this year, great. But, of course, I, with him denying it, we'll still have to see if it's true or not. But it's still huge news for Aaron to go back to Green Bay. And considering everything that's taken place now, you got to have to wonder, Jordan Love, what's going to go on with him? Is he going to be part of the quarterback movement that's been going on? Will Will there be teams in the league that look at this quarterback class in this upcoming draft and say, hmm, yeah, I'd rather take Jordan Love than any of these guys right now and go that route. That's a possibility. The NFL is a wild time. But Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay is huge for them because now, I mean, you look at the NFC now with what's happened with Russell Wilson, which we'll get to here in a minute. But Aaron, clearly the top quarterback in the league, in the NFC at least. Who else is up there? Stafford. You got Dak. Kyler Murray. I'm trying to think who that fifth guy would be. Is it Kirk Cousins? Is Carson? Is it Carson Wentz now? Um. Uh, Jimmy G. While he's still there. You know. It's not that bad now if you're Aaron. The NFC now is very manageable as to who's quarterbacking some of these teams. It's it's very easy now. And you got one big-time quarterback who just left the conference the same day as you. And so now the NFC just got a whole lot easier. You're in an easy division where you should win it. Very easily. Because Lions, Vikings, Bears, I don't know if they're going anywhere at all. So, that's that's an easy road. And the NFC just looked like it got a whole lot easier too. Because of who are, who are the quarterbacks in, in that conference. And Aaron's clearly the top one. 
And so now I would think his road to getting to a Super Bowl is easier now. You don't have Russell Wilson in the same conference. You don't have Tom Brady in the same conference anymore after these past two seasons. You still got the Rams and Stafford, okay, and they just won the Super Bowl, so that's something to be worried about. You got Dak and the Cowboys, but the Cowboys, who knows what they're doing as it's looking like they're letting go of Amari Cooper. CD's going to be their number one. And the NFC East just added Carson Wentz back. And then Kyler Murray, that whole situation in Arizona, we're still going to have to see how that develops. So not a so not a bad play here from Aaron. He gets to stay in the NFC, as the AFC is like a whole lot tougher. And if he went, would have gone to Denver, it would have been a whole lot tougher for him that division, and with quarterbacks there. And uh, you could probably make a case that those quarterbacks there that were there before Russ got traded to Denver, you could probably make a case would would have been maybe in that top five of uh, NFC quarterbacks. Because Mahomes definitely would have been. Herbert might. Carr has an outside shot at being in there. Maybe you debate him and Stafford a little bit. But now Aaron Rodgers has got an easy road to get the sewer, to the Super Bowl. No Russell Wilson anymore. Yeah, Drew Brees retired a couple seasons ago, so you don't have to worry about him. Tom Brady looks like he's done. And, I mean... You look around and who else? Who else is should he be concerned about? So it's an easy road for him in, in the division. Easy road for him in, from him in the conference. And it looks like the Packers are going to be willing to like go and help him. You got Devontae Adams coming back on franchise tag. You're probably going to be looking adding more help for Aaron and what he's been screaming about for years. At least that's the hope coming from him and Probably for Packers fans. So now he's back. And despite everything that's happened with him. With him him and the media and his vaccination status. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he got paid like one. uh, Reportedly. So it's a good move. Good move for him staying in Green Bay. And you look at the situation he's in. Yeah, the roster might be a little bit better in Denver, but, I mean, hey, easy division. You get Easy conference. You got the best quarterback in the conference on your side. You're a Packers fan. I have to say, feel pretty good right about now. Feel pretty good about your chances this upcoming season. Just got to get some pieces to add to help Aaron. On offense and defense, and uh, and get rolling because you got a really good opportunity right now with how the NFC has has shaped up within the last few weeks of the season ending. So if you're the Packers, you got to take advantage of this spot right here. You got to, or otherwise you're going to be wasting more of Aaron Rodgers' time as your quarterback. And uh, they've wasted enough time already here in these last few seasons, and so. Don't need to waste any more. Because it looks like right now he's putting his trust in you. And considering the last two off-seasons, it's a big thing. It's a big thing for sure. So, let's move off of Aaron Rodgers and let's talk about the other big story that happened that day. Probably the bigger story after the whole Aaron Rodgers thing happened was Russell Wilson. Now, supposedly... You know, this wasn't any indication of what happened with the Aaron Rodgers situation. That this was initiated a couple weeks ago by Patton, the Broncos GM. That had nothing to do with Aaron Stang. And this really happens literally probably about an hour, maybe not even that. After the news you get that Aaron is staying. And... I'd wondered if something was going to go down, if Russell Wilson was going to be traded this offseason or not, whether 
you know, with how the Seahawks have gone the last couple seasons, whether it was time to uh, to make a change. And it looks like a couple days ago, decided, you know, we're going to go and make this change. And it's, it's going to be a very rough one. But uh, they're making it. And so, Seahawks traded Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. And what the Broncos trade? They traded a lot. They traded the ninth pick in this year's draft and the 40th pick in the second round of this year's draft. So that right there gives the Seahawks two, three top 50 picks and counting their third rounder, four in the top 75. So they got some chance to add some talent here. They also get a fifth rounder. In this year's draft, but they swapped it with the Broncos. They traded their 2022 fourth rounder, so it's kind of a wash there. And then the Seahawks get a 2023 first and a 2023 second. And they also get three players. Drew Locke, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, and tight end Noah Fant. And so let's break this down here first for for the Seahawks. The rebuild is on the way. It's happening. You trade Russell Russell Wilson, it's for sure happening. And that same day, they released Bobby Wagner, longtime all-pro linebacker, anchor for that defense. Let him go. He's out there on the open market now. And so the quarterback on the offense and defense are both officially gone. And so the rebuild is on in Seattle. Now, a lot of the talk here is quarterback. They got back Drew Locke, but his stock is very, very low right now. So you're either going to use him or sign somebody else in free agency as a bridge. And we'll have to see how the Sean Watson situation unfolds. It, it looks like that might clear up here within the next few days. But well, maybe they want to get in on that and bring him in. But they stay as is. Ninth pick in the draft. You do have to wonder. Are they, are they going to take one of these quarterbacks in this draft class? It's been said that they like a lot from what they've seen out. Matt Corral. Malik Willis. Maybe they go... In that direction here with a top 10 pick. For me, I would probably say stay away from this quarterback class. Have a bridge guy for this year. Have all this happen. You know, stink for this upcoming season. And wait for next year's draft class. Because right now, it looks a whole lot better at the top with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Possibly leading the way there. So, I would wait and see what happens and take a chance on next year's class. But if they like one of those guys well enough, they'll take him. And Malik Willis really helped himself with the combine this past week. He really did. Probably probably no other quarterback helped himself more in the combine than he did. And there's a lot to like about him. He's got a big arm. The talent's there. He's He's got really good legs. He can run. Just a little bit raw. And maybe you don't throw him out there right away. Maybe you do have somebody like Clock start and you sit Malik Willis and you bring him in and see what happens. Uh, but getting back on this draft capital is huge. And listen, if they are not in position right away to get one of those top quarterbacks next year, well, guess what? They got the draft capital now to go and make a move. Where next year they got two first rounders and two second rounders. And so they want to make a move up. They got the picks. They got the picks to go and make a move up. If, they, if they're not positioned to draft Bryce Young or CJ Stroud with their current draft slot, they can go trade up and try to go get them. So that helps out. Uh, Shelby Harris, who 
who's going to help him out on the defensive line. Really good leader there, so you bring in somebody there to be a leader on that defense. And Noah Fan, not a bad tight end option to bring into Seattle and add to that group with Tyler Lockett. We'll have to see if maybe he's the next one to go. DK Metcalf. I do wonder if DK's going to want out. So, we'll have to see about that, but maybe the Broncos could have given up a little bit more. I I honestly thought they were going to give up one of their wide receivers in that wide receiver room. I I honestly did. But uh, they give up Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and Drew Locke were the three players they gave up. So, for Seattle, the rebuild is on. For the Broncos, it's a game changer. This is all you, and this is the only thing you needed. You needed a quarterback. Now, the issue is you do have a first-year head coach, and that that's a whole thing entirely right there. How's he going to handle his first year as a head coach with a really hyped-up team? That's going to be a thing to watch. But for Denver, this is huge for you. You had Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks of the last several years, to your roster, which was already good. You got a lot of good pieces on that offense. Offensive line is solid. They got trust in a couple of their tight ends. that They think they're ready. And plus, it's a good tight end draft. It's got a lot of depth to it, so maybe they can add a piece there. You got a couple good running backs. You got Javante Williams, who had a good rookie year, and Melvin Gordon. You got some good good wide receivers there. You got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. You got a really good you got really good pieces on that offense. Then on defense, there's also talking about bringing Von Miller back. So that would be a plus for them. But they got a really good solid defense. They built up that defense really well. They're going to have to add to the linebacker position because they got three unrestricted free agents in that linebacker room, so that's going to be a thing to add. But this is a really good roster right now that is, I think, ready to win. And, boy, tough division. AFC West just became the toughest division in all of football right here. Russell goes from the toughest division last year in the NFC West to the AFC West this year. And naturally, I uh you know, I see this trade like, oh man, and I tweet out the AFC West is gonna have some awesome battles in that division. So naturally I go and look and like, I wonder what the Titan schedule is. And well we have to play these teams. And sure enough, we're scheduled to play the whole AFC West this year. So go figure. Right there. Uh, it, it, it figures. Go to Arrowhead. Go go to the Chargers. Go to SoFi. Get the Raiders. Get the Broncos coming to Nashville. So there you go. But man, talk about the AFC West right here. Holy crap! Right here. This is. You got Mahomes, Russell Wilson, two proven stars at the quarterback position. Derek Carr, who is a guy that really had a good year last year. And he's looking really good. And then you got Justin Herbert, who's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. And so now, I mean, you got some really good QB battles on your hand. You're going to get Mahomes versus Wilson twice a year. That's going to be fun. I can't wait for those first matchups at Arrowhead and Mile High for those for those two games. You got Mahomes versus Herbert, Wilson versus Herbert, and then you get adding Carr to the mix. Now we're going to see how those teams unfold. Again, Broncos got a first-time head coach. Chargers got a defensive guy, a head coach. I know the league is trended offensive with their head coaches, so we'll have to see how that translates. But not a bad year last year. But he had some questionable decisions in that last game. And then the Raiders. They add Josh McDaniels back. And as a head coach. And so let's see how he handles his second stint as a head coach. 
But still, you got to look at the AFC West and be really excited at the possibilities. And you add Russell Wilson to the AFC. (laughs) It does not get any easier in the AFC. Because you add Russ to a conference that has Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, who just went to the Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson. You also have to add in Herbert, Carr. Who else am I leaving you know, out of here? Maybe Mac Jones? No. No. But, like, still. You think about some of those guys that I just listed off. AFC is going to be a lot of fun to watch next year. That conference is going to be tough. And you could probably see a lot of teams making it out of here. And, of course, it makes me sad about my team's quarterback situation a little bit more. But... You look at those teams now. Denver, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Baltimore. A lot of these teams, I had those these types of quarterbacks out here. AFC West just got a whole lot tougher, everybody. So uh, get ready for some good AFC action next year. Those games should be really fun with the quarterback matchups in those games. But this is a huge move. Russell Wilson changing teams. Going from Seattle to Denver. Not too much of a geographical change here. Still stays out on the West Coast. Just moves a little bit further out east. Moving to Denver. And Seattle. They start their rebuild. And I'm I'm interested how this rebuild's going to go. I do think they're going to suck for a minute. But how are they going to handle those draft picks? Are they going to go out and get somebody on this quarterback market? Will, will they make a play for Deshaun Watson should he become available? Or are they going to wait to 2023 to try to figure out who's in their quarterback situation and draft one of those top guys? Really curious. But nonetheless, a huge move. Huge move. From Denver and saying, hey, we got the roster here. We're ready to win now. And uh, every indication from the trade is like, yeah, they're ready to win now. So there's one quarterback trade. Let's get on to the other. And we talked a little about Carson Wentz last week. And talked about, you know, the situation in Indianapolis whether, you know, they're going to move off of him or not. And so, here we are a week later. Carson Wentz is no longer an Indianapolis Colt. And they trade him to the Washington Commanders. It's too weird to say. Washington reportedly had a huge deal set up for Russell Wilson Russ did not want to go there. I think I saw it was like three first-round picks, more than what Denver uh, gave up in that deal. And so, for the second time in about a year, Carson Wentz is traded. He's going back to the NFC East, going to Washington. And for a couple mid-round picks, a couple mid-round picks he was only traded for. I'm looking at it, it's like only like a couple third rounders. Hmm, man. And like, and looking at it, at the full compensation that was announced as, as the deal. Uh, Colts, they received a 2022 second round pick. So they're going to get Washington's pick there. It's kind of a swamp between their second round picks. So they swap second round picks. The Colts receive Washington's 2022 third-round pick, and they receive a 2023 third-round pick. But kind of like how the draft pick situation worked for Philly and Indian the trade last year, if Carson plays at least 70% of Washington's snaps this upcoming season, that can become a second-rounder. So right now, for the Colts, you you got a second-rounder. 
two third rounders and that with one becoming a potentially a second rounder. Of course, Washington, they get Wentz, second round pick this year, then seventh round pick this year. So that was the trade that Washington made and and Washington, I think, definitely need to make this trade. Washington, they didn't have a quarterback better than Carson on their roster, I don't think. And he goes back to the NFC East. And right now he's on a team that has a pretty good shot at uh, making some noise, maybe, in the NFC East, considering the Cowboys and their situation with them letting go over Mari Cooper. Where are the Eagles going to be? The Giants are a mess. So there's some, there's a runway here for Washington here. Wentz has a lot of talent, but I do think this is one one of his last chances. Considering everything that's happened in the last couple of seasons with him, his uh, his run is coming up pretty closely to an end with teams and viewing him as a guy that has a lot of talent that can be a star quarterback. And that's what Indy was banking on. That's what they were banking on. And now he had a pretty good season, but there's just a lot of other stuff happening. And supposedly there are a lot of in-house stuff going on with him and Indy. And so if you, if you remember some reports back in his time with Philly, there were some initial reports that said Wentz had embraced the personality, didn't have a whole lot of leadership skills, and eventually those reports, the noise from them kind of grew a little bit too loud. And it seems like now, from a new report, it seems like some of those issues came to Indianapolis. And... If, and the Athletics Colts insider had a had a new report that had a lot of info that sounded really from the Colts organization that sounded a lot sound really familiar to what they heard from Philadelphia with uh, with some of these quotes. I mean, let's see, grew frustrated at what they deemed a lack of leadership, resistance to hard coaching. Reckless style of play. Uh, let's see. Yep, leadership, no respected voice. I mean, it's not good. So, some of that's some of this is still fam- familiar from Philadelphia, from his time there. And I wonder how it's going to translate now to Washington now. Because we know the type of coach that Ron Rivera is. And he's not going to put up with it. So, that's something to keep in mind now. As you, as you, you watch Washington this year with Wentz at, at the helm. And see if there's going to be any signs of that. If there's going, If there's any signs during the season. But if you're watching, I mean, hey, Wentz had a good season, decent season last year. Although he did have some really bad plays, some plays where he was really inconsistent. But I mean, he's better than anything you've got in your quarterback room right now. And I think if you look at him and compare it to, to the quarterbacks in this year's draft, yeah, we'll sign up for a year, Carson, see what happens. Maybe he can re- revive his career here. And see what happens. And Washington, they got a lot of talent on that team, especially on the defense side of the ball. Kind of like the Colts did a little bit. Kind of like the Colts did. Colts had a lot of talent on defense, and that defense was really good this year. Kind of the same thing with Washington. They got a lot of talent on that defense up front, especially. So we'll have to see how the situation translates now to him going to Washington. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch, see how it goes, see him going back to the NFC East. 
Although with the new team, there are some nice pieces there in Washington on that offense. Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. There are some pieces there. So we'll just have to see how that goes and see if any of these problems that have now popped up at two previous stops are, are going to happen here. If it's any indication, probably yes. But we'll have to see if him being in a new situation now is going to change. If it happening twice now with two teams in a row isn't any indication to change. I mean, we're going to see how it happens. So I think last thing here before I head out is free agency going going on here pretty soon. Deals being made. I was happy to see that my Titans re-signed Harold Landry back to uh, a pretty good deal uh, looking at it. Not a bad deal. Uh, you look at the numbers like five years, $87.5 million. Yeah, that's a lot. If you look at, you start to average it out, and I'm going to do the math myself. I've seen people throw this number out here, but I've seen around 17 million per year is what the average he would make per year. So let me go and do that math. And I'm not getting it right now, but looking at it, it's not too bad. He gets 20 million, a little over 20 million in year one of his new deal, which is more than 2 million, more than 2 million he would have made on a franchise tag, which the Titans said they weren't going to do that when the franchise tag deadline was up. So I was getting kind of worried. He's like, uh, oh boy, uh, is there anything that's going to happen here? Are we going to lose one of our best defensive players? No, nope. Robinson gets it done. Pretty good deal. The average did come out to $17.5 million, uh per year. But it sounds like, as far as the total cap hit for this upcoming season, not too bad. The total cap number for this upcoming season for Harold Landry is going to be $5 million. Again, the franchise tag would have been over $18 million. So they save nearly $14 million in their salary cap. And the Titans got some moves to make it with regards to their salary cap. They got to get under it. They're attempting to do that right now. They let go of Roger Saffold to kind of help out that situation. And so you bring back one of your best defensive players, get him on a deal that's favorable for him and favorable for you, but also have a not that bad of a cap number for this upcoming season. With the cap looking like it's going to increase next year. That's a really good deal for both sides. I'm I'm happy it got done. And uh, both sides are happy now. Titans players are happy. The fans are happy. And now you don't have to break up that defensive unit that was pretty good last year. And that force again, nine sacks. No playoff game. Uh, still bitter over that. But I I digress from that. Uh, just happy it got done. And uh, don't have to worry about him going anywhere else during this free agency period, which should be starting up soon. So one less thing to not worry about with the Titans in the offseason. So that's good for me. So that'll, that'll do it for us here, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, by this time next week, we'll probably talk a little bit more about free agency as... I think next week is really when it gets into full swing. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, one thing we'll talk about next week, March Madness, everybody. Yeah, it's that time of year. It's fun. It's here again. And uh should be a lot of fun, a lot of parody around college basketball with this year. And Selection Sunday, going to be a couple days away from now, or should be a couple days away from now. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited, man. Uh, March Madness is always one of the most fun times of the year. And uh, here we are again, and I'm excited with, hopefully should be a chaotic couple weeks in March where we can all just sit back, 
watch all these games go down, see if a 16th seed can upset a, a one seed again. Uh, should be fun. So that'll be something we'll definitely be talking about here uh, next week as well. So again, that'll do it for us here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Should be a fun next couple weeks with everything going on in the sports world. So we should be having some fun here on the pods for the next couple weeks. So until next week, thank you guys for listening again. Talk to you all next time.